Welcome to Onwards the Podcast, where we cover all things holistic life practices, growth, spirituality, and self-discovery. I'm Kirsty Peebles, one of your hosts, and sharing this space with me is my beautiful co-host, Montana Burke. We're so excited to have you here. A loving reminder that all opinions and perspectives come from two truth-speaking fire signs who are doing their best to be all-encompassing. We're here to give you the shake-up you need to light up your life. And if you like what you hear, subscribe or follow as we grow and evolve together. With that, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, beautiful, and welcome to today's Halo episode. We have another cheeky Halo episode. I have been doing a bunch of batch recording before going on maternity leave and thought I would give to you guys a cheeky card pull as we move into a new astrological year. So for a lot of us, we you know expect the new year to start in, in uh, the 1st of January. However, astrologically, the new year doesn't actually start until Aries season. And that might explain why you haven't really felt like getting sorted or getting a head start on any new year's intentions or goal setting, because we have actually been in two astrological transits that have really sort of not hindered it, um, but haven't set us up for that. Whereas we're starting to, we're in Pisces season currently, and we're about to move into Aries season, which is all about action. So I thought I would turn to the incredible card deck, which is the Wild Unknown Archetypes by Kim Cranes. These are my favorite, favorite cards ever. Uh, What I love about the archetypes is that there's no good or bad, right or wrong. Uh, With the archetypes, there's only a light and a shadow side, just like with anything in life. And we can, what we want to do is we want to aim to neutralize and learn with these archetypes, but not have them dip in excess either side. So really, really cool cards. And with the archetypes, they're consistent across time and across cultures. So we often see them reflected throughout history and they can be a fun thing to lean into. So the first question that I asked the cards is, what's the theme for us to navigate this year, this astrological year? And the card that flipped out was that of the heart, which is the home, the center, the throne. And Kim says, it is possible from an imaginal place of view to sense the heart as a place. Either we are there within the realm of expansion and compassion, or we have drifted somewhere else. There is no in-between. It is common for us to leave this archetypal center without realizing it, as the world, with its seductive twists and turns, offers us frequent departure. We may even become a stranger to the landscape of the heart, leaving it vacant for long stretches of time. The seat of the heart is often reclaimed by nature, music, dance, and the presence of children or animals. This card encourages us to move past the layers of life's tangles and knots and enter the world of the sacred and wild of the self. The most precious throne in the galaxy is awaiting your return. Some say there is a cave at the center of the heart. Others say it's a pool with a flowering lotus. Imagine yourself there and what can you see? Recall the last time your heart was touched. Soak in every detail you can and feel the heart awaken. Now the heart, when light, is expansive, knowing and has a gentle clarity. When dark, the heart is fraught, tangled and with betrayal. If you'd like to go deeper, I suggest looking up uh, Wild is the Wind by Nina Simone. So really interested to see how that plays out for you. Perhaps it's emotional matters of the heart. Perhaps it might be heart health that you're really choosing to focus on this year Um, or relationship issues, self-love, 
all of those things can come up when we're working with the heart. Now, asking the cards, what was the what will be the blockage to learn to move through this lesson? Uh, and what was interesting that came up on the note of the heart, the card that flipped out was the mother, which is the great mother, the feminine, the source. We begin our archetypal story with the mother's love. Through her sensual, fertile, and life-giving energy, all creation takes form. Regardless of our birth story, each of our hearts beat for the first time in the warm womb of the mother, where she offered resources from her body for the building of our own. Yet her tale is not so simple as the mother, especially on the earthly plane, contains both light and dark aspects of the feminine. With the best of intention, the mother wraps her loving arms around her creations and begins to grip what she is meant to set free. The mother both nurtures and prohibits growth. She gives yet clings. She creates yet restricts. Amid this complex energy, the mother holds the key to the eternal challenge of love. The mother is the part of the trifecta in the maiden to mother to crone. Because of the relationship between them, take special note when these three cards appear in one reading. Now, we don't have that, but we do have a really interesting connection with the feminine right now. Notice how the mother archetype is expressed in nature. Perhaps this is the most balanced and benevolent form of the mother's grace. When light, she's glowing, generative, creative, and nurturing. When dark, dim, exhausted, controlling, and limiting. If you'd like to go deeper, you can read Teo Ching, the chapter one, and imagine the mother of 10,000 things. I asked the cards, what will be on the other side as a result of moving through the mother? And it might be issues with your own mother, your birth mother, stepmother, uh, mother-in-law, or it might be mother figures in your life, or potentially yourself as a mother, if that's something that you're currently considering, um, or the, your connection with the relationship to the feminine in general. If you look at the heart being the theme to learn and master this year, the feminine often governs the heart. It's a huge, huge pillar in it. So that's an interesting link there. Now asking the cards, what do we get when we move through this? What is on the other side of moving through this blockage and healing the mother wound? And we actually got two cards. So interesting. And we'll just see where this goes. So the first card that flipped out was the ocean, which is the unconscious, the depths, the incomprehensible. The power of the ocean is unmatched. To step into its salty waters is to step into the unknown. By its sheer volume, the ocean represents the unconscious. All that is beyond our understanding. We cannot live within the ocean. We cannot claim it, manage it, or own it. It rejects our every attempt to, to dominate its nature. Yet amid its overwhelming power, it calls to us, inspires us, and invigorates our fear on land of life on land. It dissolves the little us into the big us. When the energy of the ocean is present, there is a change that is beyond any change you've known before. The ego must dissolve. The saline swell works on your very cells, your fibres, and your deepest underlying beliefs. Like Aphrodite, we rise from the challenge from, from the ocean's froth as new being. Life is change, let the wave crash. The ocean displays every emotion without shame. To witness its glassy moonlit surface and its unforgiving storms is to know the full spectrum of the human experience. Study the waves, touch their surface, get in the water. No matter where you live, each drop is part of the whole. The ocean is in every tear. And the ocean, when light, is deeper than deep, big dreams and discovery. When dark, it's subsumed, drowned, polluted and unpredictable. 
And if you'd like to go deeper, you can look at Shakespeare's The Tempest or Jerry Colt's The Raft of Medusa. So the ocean often represents emotion or the subconscious in the psychoanalysis or psychology field of in dreams we see the ocean representing those fields um and it's especially when we're looking at the cards that we have pulled before so the our emotions and mastering our emotions in relation to love and our heart and our mother wounds the other card that flipped out was the medallion which is the amulet the talisman and the heirloom the passing on of sacred objects is an ancient ritual within families, between lovers, and in tribals, tribes across the globe. We gift jewels, treasures, keepsakes, and mementos of all kinds. Some of great material value, others that hold, hold emotional resonance, and still others that hold both. With these gifts, uh, they are bestowed upon us. It is important to recognize they may bind us to an unspoken agreement or promise. When the medallion card appears, be aware of how objects you hold dear may be embedded with unconscious energy or expectations. Materials hold consciousness and it is time to reconcile the vibration of the objects around you. What do they? What do you covet and collect? Why? Is there an object that you've held onto for years that you're ready to release? Perhaps it is time for us to reach for the medallion that aligns with your deepest values. Imagine if you and your family, school or social group had a crest, emblem or amulet. What would it be? Draw it. Do you believe that objects contain supernatural properties? When have, when have you experienced this to be true? When light, the medallion is upholding tradition, protecting and honouring. When dark, it's burdensome inheritance, and, burdensome inheritance and habituation. If you'd like to go deeper, have a look at the ancient Egyptian scarab amulets. So with the medallion, that might be that you as a result, inherit or experience a divine gift of great value. So if we look at the medallion that's been passed down through the generations, we could look at that through the lines of intergenerational trauma being healed as you heal this mother wound, the relationship with the mother and the, with your subconscious mastering these emotions and learning how to lean into love. This could be the greatest medallion of all for you. It might be a physical medallion that you're rewarded with um, that means, and it might just be something that's so sentimental. It might not even be of great material value. Um, but either way, exciting year with lots of healing. It's, it's, it feels like it's going to be a deep, deep year. Um, as Kylie Jenner once said, it's been like the year of realizing stuff. Uh, so I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and highly recommend sitting down and doing some journaling. If any of these cards resonate with you in particular, um, and if you'd like to go deeper, perhaps it's worth chatting with a psychic. I cannot speak highly enough of Tina McGrath, the Irish psychic based here in Perth. She also does zoom offerings. If you're looking for a little bit more, uh, for a better, more accurate for almost specific forecasting for you and your life. Uh, but for now, that is all my love. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. And we cannot wait to be back in your ears on Monday when we resume our normal programming. Until next time, bye.